<laughs> All right, Ryan, I saw the pictures on Facebook. I know about your stupid ring. Enough of this crap already. You can't stop the ring of power. All right, let's start the ship. Welcome to the Tabletop Battlefield Christmas Special for 2013. I'm Jason, the creator of the Army Showcase and the original host of the Tabletop Battlefield over at TabletopBattlefield.com. And it is our Christmas special despite not having a single Christmas decoration out like we usually do. And my co-host today is also one of the original hosts, Ryan, who has got a Hola. video camera pointed at me for some reason that's not part of this filming broadcast. What are you doing, Ryan? I'm vlogging. My week in eight minutes on YouTube. Look for it. Oh, a shameless self-promotions, of course. And I'm also the creator of the space combat game Legends of Caladasia over at Caladasia.com. Now, unfortunately, Kyle couldn't join us, who, of course, is the third of the original three co-hosts. Apparently, he's sick, or at least that's what he's telling us. So, But we still got some fun things to talk, some fun things to talk about today. Sure, and we're going to do some fun things today. Yeah, we're actually going to be doing a Heroescape battle report towards the end here. That's why we got all the Heroescape stuff out in front of us. But my top story of the year, for a uh, funny story, is actually the continuing coverage of the tic-tac-toe scandal. And no, I'm not talking about the stupid little nine-square game made famous in the movie War Games. I'm talking about the hero character from the new Lizardman Codex, Lizardman Army book, sorry, Army book for fantasy, no for Warhammer Fantasy. And Ryan doesn't know what he's talking about, because I didn't even tell him about this part of the show. No, this is actually a funny little I story. I about <laughs> It's actually because it's a funny little story about game design. It's kind of a weird, bizarre situation that Games Workshop got themselves in. Because the Games Workshop's products, they release new army books for the armies every couple of years. In this case, a Lizardman, who I played in Warhammer Fantasy, got released about four or five months ago, I believe back in August. And one of their hero characters is named Tic-Tac-Toe. Yes. Tic-Tac-Toe, three in a row. Yes. I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> Huh? Uh, it's got something to do with Barney being shot by G.I. Joe. Barney oh. went to the doctor, and the doctor said, Whoop, Barney's dead. All right, then. But no, aside from the goofy name, what is the funny situation going on is the case of where Games Workshop has a tendency to not correct issues with their rule books. And in the case of Tic-Tac-Toe, he's got a rule that when he joins a unit, it makes a unit better. The problem is the unit he would normally join would be a group of flying dinosaurs, because he rides a flying dinosaur, in this case a pterodot. But the main rule book says heroes, who with tic-tic-toe is a hero, can't join a group of flying units, because that's too dangerous, unless his rules say so. But his rules don't say so. They just say that they give him the ability to improve a unit. 
and you end up with this bizarre situation that frankly could be resolved with literally a 10 minute edit to an FAQ and put up on their website, but here we are five months later and we still don't have one. So just kind of a funny little situation. It's a good example of how not to manage a game. Mm-hmm. But yes. And we're about to play a game that has been discontinued for how long? When did, when did Hero Skate get axed? Uh, I think it was like five years ago. It was, it was when we were about finishing the show. When, yeah, when the show got axed, so did Hero Skate. Pretty much. Basically. The, the last starter set, uh, whatever the Dungeons and Dragons one, came out, I believe, in March of when we're doing season four. I think it was season four, episode seven, eight ish, was when we did the mm-hmm. review of that particular starter set. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to that in a minute. And But first, I do have a neat little build project I've been working on, slowly. In fact, it's not even done at the time of recording this, but that's all right. I'll fill that in later. What I've been doing is trying to build a gaming table for an apartment. So right now we're on my kitchen table in my apartment, which is kind of small. But, you know, typical gaming tables are like six feet by four feet. So what it is, it's going to be a PVC frame that sits on top of this table to turn it into a six-foot-to-four-foot battlefield for larger-scale miniature games. So let's go ahead and roll that build project right now. Let's start this build of the gaming table where we will end, with a complete table. Built from PVC, this table measures just about 6 feet by 4 feet and sits on top of my normal dinner table. Since I did not use any glue to hold the pieces together, I can fold the legs under the table so that I can sit up against the wall and be stored without using too much space. As I walk through this build, I won't get the details of the sizes of the cuts because the exact design of the gaming table depends on the table in which it was built. The bulk of this table is built from about 50 feet of 1 inch thick PVC piping. The various pieces are held together with a mixture of T-joints and 90 degree elbow joints. Each of the six legs are capped with a PVC pipe cap, and all of these pieces are available from your local home improvement store. To start, I built the four interior cross beams of the table. These four beams span the 48-inch width of the table and need to be capped with T-joints on the end. Therefore, the total length of the pipe plus the T-joints needs to be 48 inches. To figure out how much extra width the T-joint adds on, measure a PVC pipe of known length, then measure the same length of pipe again with the T-joint attached. The difference in these measurements is how much extra width the T-joint adds on to the pipe. Therefore, the actual length of the PVC pipe you're going to cut is equal to 48 inches minus twice the extra length added by the T-joint. With interior crossbeams done, let's move on to the crossbeams that will reside on the end of the table. These are built in a similar fashion to the interior pieces, except they will have two T-joints splitting the crossbeam into three pieces. These two T-joints will support the legs near the corners of the table. Also, the ends are capped with a 90-degree elbow instead of T-joints. The total length of the three pieces that will make up the crossbeam should be equal to 48 inches minus 2 times the extra length of the end elbow pieces and then minus 2 times the extra length of the interior T-joints. Now ideally, these two interior T-joints that will support the legs will be placed very close to the corners of the table. Now it is time to cut the pieces that will compose the 6-foot length of the table. The number of pieces needed per side is equal to the total number of crossbeams minus 1. I have 6 crossbeams with 4 interior ones and 2 edge ones, so I need 5 pieces per side, because obviously 6 minus 1 is 5. Each section should be equal, so start with 6 feet, subtract off the extra length of all the T-joints and corners along the side, then divide this length by 5. 
Please note that the centerpiece also has a T-joint to attach a leg, so cut this centerpiece down by the extra length of the T-joint, and then cut it in half. Now assemble the rectangle frame of the table and place it on your dinner table. The tabletop should sit on top of the dinner table, but without legs it will not be very stable. To add the legs, rotate the T-joints that support the legs straight down. Measure the distance from the top of the table to the ground, then subtract the extra length of the T-joint. Finally, figure out how much extra length the end cap would add on to each leg, and of course subtract this value from the length of the leg. Cut each of the legs, add on the end cap, and then stick them onto the table. To finish the table, we need to put a flat surface on top of the frame. I use styrofoam, but a variety of different materials can work great. Also, since the goal of this table was to build it without power tools, I used self-driving screws to screw the pieces of styrofoam down to the frame. With a flat surface on top of your table, it's ready for gameplay. Well, there you go. That is one way you can build a tabletop gaming table for an apartment by building a little PVC frame around your kitchen table. So, Ryan, I believe you've got some things you want to talk about now. Yeah, just a couple of things, like just what's been going on the past year. Uh, I mean, I am. I don't know if there's a comparison from what I looked like uh, last year to what I look like this year. My hair is a little bit longer. I'll pull some video up for you. Yep, pull some video. Okay, my hair's a little bit longer. Um, I do have a little bit more weight on me, thank goodness, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better. But as as always, I mean, I just, it's the disease that you know I have to I have to learn to control and deal with, and it could be another few years before I'm actually back to normal. But besides that, uh, Wifey got her citizenship, which is a really cool thing. She will be working hard for it, and so we're glad for that. And then as well in the future, I'm thinking, and it's so great that we actually have HeroScape figures because um, I'm thinking within probably the beginning of next year, I'm going to be doing some type of, uh, to, to help with my filmmaking abilities, do some type of stop motion video show based off of uh, HeroScape figures. Make it like some type of comedy um, based off of how um, Wizards of the Coast like axed uh, the the product line the universe so they're basically just stuck on this earth they you know they can't go back to their times so they're just stuck there and just try and all the factions are basically separated because they all hate each other and that's basically the premise of what I'm going to have going on and the terrible thing is is that um, and I know I've talked about HeroScapers.com before um, and they are great website of Hero, for HeroScape information. I mean, they, they still like they still do like public battles and stuff. They they try to keep it going as much as much as possible. As a matter of fact, um, when you try to go on the the main HeroScape website that used to be like part of Wizards of the Coast, uh, they they ain't there anymore. The the website just completely shut down. So the only place you can really go to for information on HeroScape is HeroScapers.com. Now, with that being said. I actually left a post in their one of their one of their forums, and and it was and I had it in the right category, uh, but basically asking people whether or not I would run into legal issues over creating some type of video uh, video stop motion thing, and they did not even release that post. They actually banned me from the site, and under under the segment of the reason why they banged me ban, banged me <laughs> you want to say banned yeah, why they banned me there. very important difference Keep yes why, why they banned me was because they, they don't give any reason it's like ah, no reason we just do it 
So I tried emailing the admins and haven't gotten any anything back. So uh, admins from heroescapers.com, shame on you. Really? Honestly? What was I doing? What was so wrong that you can't even answer me back an email what was so wrong or, or give me a reason why you banned me? <clears throat> anyway, okay, so that was a little bit of my rant. What about your ring? Hmm? Ring. What about my ring? Do you want to show that off? Is that part of the intro? Yeah, I mean, it was part of the intro. Yeah, it was kind of part of the intro skit, so you might as well show it off what it is. Yeah, it's actually my wedding band, which uh, is a replica of the Ring of Power, and actually does have that little bit of nice little one ring weight to it, and you can if you could probably like take a picture of it and have zoom it in, uh, but it has like the Elven Mordor script on it, basically the one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness find them. Um, and says? yep, basically, I've watched that movie plenty of times. Um, yeah, wifey got me this got this for me for our anniversary. I love it. She knows me so well. <clears throat> and yeah, so yeah, we decided just to do that uh, an intro for the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was actually looking up here when the topic of Heroescape, when the game was actually canceled. Um, our last episode that we published before we started doing the Christmas stuff was November twenty eighth, twenty ten. Heroescape was canceled in November twenty ten. So there, <laughs> there you go. go. Pretty good timing. Unfortunate, tragic timing so. for Heroescape. It was a fun game. Yes. Well, it still is a fun game. Well, yes, it was. Yes, that's true. People still play it, as we're about to do right now. So we're going to go for the main event. All right, so Ryan and I are going to go ahead and face off here in a battle report, Heroescape style. Wait, no, in Heroescape battle report, tabletop battlefield style, that works. 750 points per side. We're going to go for one hour in fast motion time for you guys, and also comment on what we're doing. So one hour, just battle to the death, do as much damage as we possibly can. So let's get started with the main event here right now. Okay, so getting started first with my Heroescape army, I have mainly a bunch of orcs, uh, just a couple Morrow, and a couple of hero figures. Uh, the first part of my strategy is actually the uh, the main faction will, that will strike will be the the orc group along with Mimring, uh, along with Grimek, uh, since I can add. Uh, order markers to where um, a lot of them can go at once, their special abilities and able to do that. So they'll be the main attack. And then um, we'll have the, the two heroes as well as uh, the two Morrow squads uh, supporting them, more than likely from the rear. Once they get eventually wiped out by Jason's uh, other figures, uh, they'll be able to come and, and finish the job. So that's basically the, the, the premise of my strategy. Simple enough. Uh, it's good. It's always good to have units to support each other. I mean, the arrow gruts and the blade gruts uh, really help uh, provide good support because not only can you take a turn with them, you can also take a turn with any beast or any any orc warrior involved. So instead of just taking a turn with one squad, you can take a turn with a squad as well as a unique hero. So that's pretty much the strategy I'm doing. Just hit Jason where it hurts as much as possible, and hopefully that works. Now for this 750 point battle, I'm playing the Mara who are trying to separate from Utgar. So it's kind of they're breaking away from them and trying to form their own faction because I thought the Mara should always do that in Heroescape. 
My key army elements of my army revolve around two, actually three of my heroes. I have Kimoshi, Nigoksa, and Subakna. Those wonderful names they have for the morrow. They're actually together because two of those guys have the Mind Shackle ability, which lets you take over enemy units, enemy characters, things like that. And the big dragon guy, who is Subakna, has the ability to add plus one to any D20 rolls for Morrow characters, which of course the D20 rolls require for any Mind Shackle check. So that's why the, and the rest of my army is built around just trying to get those guys into combat to where they can take over people. So everyone else is bidding to either snipers or just cannon fodder, and we go from there. So let's get this battle started. So as the game footage is rolling, let's start here by talking about how each of our armies performed. Did yours play out the way you expected it? And how did you find mine worked in terms of how you fought and stuff like that? So let's start there, Ryan. Oh, yes, uh, I mean, I'm really not sure what your strategy was, Jason, other than maybe just picking apart my guys with your gunners I, I, and, you know, having the high elevation. I think that's basically what you were going for. But, I mean, as far as I was concerned, mine played out basically the way I wanted to do it, although I think... Um, I wish my orcs would have been more effective, but uh, for what they did, I mean, they took out uh, some of the major, uh, major unique heroes that needed to be done, and, and picked up and picked off enough of your smaller guys in order to um, get get the amount of points that I needed to win. Um, and that was basically, I mean, I, that was the basic strategy is rushing in with the orc heroes, able to bring in the other heroes, and wipe out as much as possible because they're basically my meat shield. And then once they were eliminated, whatever was left, um, these guys were going to come and take over, basically. So that was the basic strategy, and I, I think it worked pretty well. Um, I think the only thing I'd probably change is next time, somehow, instead of bringing uh, Turnak into the mix, even though he is pretty effective with, with these guys, because he provides protection as long as they're adjacent to him. Uh, but I would find a way to bring Grimmick more into the forefront because he can chomp the little guys a lot just instantly as long as he's surrounded by them and and that would have eliminated more guys more quickly so I think that's the only thing I probably would have changed So my thoughts on how my army performed was you mentioned that I had a gun line and while that's how my strategy became that that mm -hmm. was not what it was supposed to be I had a lot of mine shackle units, I had two guys with it, and I was trying to get them in combat. The problem is, by the time they would get in combat with somebody, well, one never did. Yeah, it never the happened. other one, basically, Memoring was so beaten up that, and in so much of trouble, I had to kill Memoring outright. So let's go through the battle and discuss where some of the pivotal moments of the fight occurred. So anyway, so turn one is mostly a setup turn. We kind yes. of approached a little bit towards the middle here. Nothing too big happened. Nope, Turn too two far. is where the big fighting occurred. I think Memoring and my dragon faced off. That's when they started to face off, yes. yeah. Oh, and I should say, the one thing that did cause a lot of trouble for me early on with your strategy was your ability to stack your orders. The fact that you gave a troop an order and a hero guy got to go, making you mm -hmm. much more order efficient than me, and you yes. could do a lot of damage early on. Move, move, yeah, a lot and, of guys at once. And that's how you kind of got your orc hero and Memoring into combat. Mm -hmm. So, how do you think Memoring did here? Because he's obviously a main character early on in the game. Um, Memoring, 
He did fairly well. I mean, he eliminated what I wanted to eliminate. I wanted to eliminate a few that guys. Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> mainly that dragon. So, War of the Dragons, Memoring One. I mean, Memoring does not have a pretty solid defense. So he need basically you need to shoot him fast and kill him. He needs to be killed until he gets wiped out. Because mm -hmm. uh, once you have him in the forefront, everybody's just going to start targeting him and shooting him. So he needs to kill his uh, his targets quickly. And I think he did a good job of that. Early on when I lost my dragon, that was definitely, I think, a key moment for what happened to me. That was one of the turning points, yes, I think. Yes, definitely was. Because he also had the ability, the dragon had the ability to add one die roll, or one to the d20 die rolls, which would make my mind shackle more effective, which I never got to pull <laughs> off. And the fact that he died didn't help. And it also came down to, I think it was turn, he died in turn three, I believe. Because it was... Yeah, turn three was yes. vicious. vicious. Oh, my goodness. That's when my dragon actually died. And he died because of the initiative roll. You had a yes. nine, I had a three, you went first. Before, what I could have done was basically sacrifice some of my little puppy thing majiggies and give him more life, which I was yes. going to do. Ah. But he died in the first action. There you go. So, so after my dragon died, then turn three was... I did a, lot, I did a fair amount of damage. That's when I think my stinger stepped up well, and started shooting. Yeah, I mean, that's when I started losing my... Oh, my gruts, yeah, yeah and, and lost basically the effectiveness of my orc heroes, my orc unique heroes. Um, I was still, still able to use my beast mm -hmm. um, for, I think, was... Turn four, I think you mean it too? I don't know. I think turn three, I, he was eliminated too. Is it okay? I, I think so. Um, I had a, lot, a, lot, a lot of guys were eliminated for, for those, and, and as well as your... Um, I think he was eliminated yes. too in the round by, by an orc archer. Yeah, that's where the orc archer came around and just sniped him in the head. Yes. Like, oh. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, it was about by the end of turn four, though, the center area had pretty much been cleared out. Yep, basically. Because you had killed my heroes, and Memory had toasted a bunch of guys, and that's when my stinger stepped up and started opening fire big time. That's yeah. what became the gun line. I killed both Memoring and your Orc Champion in one turn. Yes. And prior to that, your Orc, um, whatever these guys are, the sword guys. The Orc Gretz, yeah. Orc Gretz. Blade Gretz and the Air Gretz got basically decimated by... Stingers of the, the turn after, I think. Yeah, yeah. basically. So at that point, the one thing I, I was... I was really worried early on when you killed my dragon. But I think it might... My kind things kind of evened out. Things evened out a little bit. I got a little more confident when... What happened is basically your attack kind of got so far in without any support, I just concentrated firepower on our guys and killed all your main attack force. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went on the counteroffensive here as we get closer towards the end of the game. Yes. So why don't you talk about your late game strategy? Okay, well, the late, I mean, late, I was just basically um, beginning to do what I was planning to do is um, whatever that these guys didn't destroy after they'd be destroyed, um, this group would just come and mop them up. Now that did not include Grimex, so I was planning just at leaving him um, like in, in in the foreground, but that mm -hmm. kind of changed a little bit. He started taking hits, um, but it was mostly bring as much of these guys up as possible and start picking off the little guys. I knew I knew if I could just pick off at least one or two more, that I'd probably win because I mean with with these guys every point counts. Although I was kind of worried when he started bringing these guys back to life. Yeah. As well, that did save me a few points for able to restore my Mara Warriors here late in the game. Yes. And then my late in the game strategy shifted to, well, we already talked about shooting, and I actually Take ended that up unique hero. I didn't shoot your Cyclops, fortunately, because he has that ability. We'll tell him talk about a little ability he has for the Cyclops yeah. to shoot at him, because very bad things will happen. Yeah, it's for okay, Torin. Um, yeah, and he's he's a Cyclops. Uh, he's got what's called evil eye protection, not only for him, but for any uh, small or medium figure adjacent to him. 
Um, you roll a defense dice against a normal attack um, from a non-adjacent attacking figure, and all excess shields account as unblockable hits inflicted by Torin on the attacked figure. So basically, basically, if someone fires at Torin and and he rolls the defense, um, any any excess shields. Um, he just lasers them back, and the same thing with anybody surrounding him too. If they they have they have excess shields, um, Torrance is like okay, psh, and just takes them out. Yeah, so that's why I sent my little puppy dog things to attack him, and they promptly got chopped in half by his giant axe. Mm-hmm. And instead, I focused my shooting on Grimnock. I guess name right? Yep, Grimnock. Grimnock, who is your other orc champion, who is hiding in the back there. Mm-hmm. And that that is was where an I got interesting die rolls. Amazing dice yes. rolls, like yes. Four dice, four hits, three dice, three hits. I think I got another four dice attack, three hits. And I ended up doing four wounds to him out of his five. And we'll have, so we'll be showing a little segment as I'm talking, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And that's where it came down to pretty much the last turn. Mm-hmm. I had to kill Grimnock to win. And then you had some very bad rolls, and I got some, I got some good shields. Yeah. I didn't roll t- as well. My luck ran out, or the mm-hmm. horse crap ran out, as I put it. Because, yeah, rolling... Granted, I like rolling four hits and three hits and three hits, but that is horse crap. <laughs> and in the end, Grimok had one wound left. He was left standing, and the final score of the game was Ryan scored 415 points. I scored 390. So, actually, wait a minute. Add on the additional... Say if Grimnock would have been taken out. Add those figures up real quick. It would have been uh, 390 plus 60 would have been 450. So it would have been even? No, 450 to 415. So I would have okay, won. you would have won. Yep. Yeah, okay. It all came down to the fact Grimnock had one hit point left. If I yes. had killed him, it would have been, I would have won the game, but I didn't. So, so Ryan ends up oh. winning the score of 415 to 390. So good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank good you. Good game. It's a, I, don't, I completely forgot how much fun Hero Escape is. We haven't played it since the show ended. It's, Especially it's you, get, you get new figures. Of, mm-hmm. I mean, because I've, I've been eBaying a little bit. So a lot of these figures that I've been scribing, I got off of eBay, and they're new. We ne- haven't really played with them before. And they're, they're just a lot, of, a lot of fun. I wish I could have really had these guys see what they would have done with just the rest of these guys, <laughs> see how they would have lasted. But no, it was good. Yeah. All right. So now you have one last thing you want to do before we sign off for the year. Yes, I do. Is the right we go around here. <laughs> so, what, what's the last thing you want to do? Well, as we remember, like we didn't do it this time around, but we usually like would give awards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did have I did have an award last year for you and Kyle, which was the flower cup award. And I was supposed oh, to give you flower yeah. cups as, as gifts. About that. And that never happened. And it's unfortunate that Kyle isn't here. Poor guy, he's sick. Uh, but I do have something for you to give him and you when when he's done. So, okay. So this is for this year. Um, this, this is for this episode. Ta-da! So one's for you, one's for Kyle. And then for last, and this is making up for last year because I wasn't able to do it. And uh, ignore the. Uh, this, this is how bad I am with packing. I, I left. I left the price label on it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, this. Is for uh, you and Kyle as well. Oh, no, thank I, you. I got, I got two of them. Oh, okay. So, flower teacup. Where did you get a these? A flower teacup. Uh, Salvation Army. Oh, okay, that works. I'll scratch out the price tag. Of that <laughs> they actually look really nice cups. Yeah, they, they are. Like they're flowers. They're, they're imitation china, but you know. Yeah, but okay. anyway, so anytime you guys look at the flowers or drink from the cup, just think of the times of the past when. 
things were absolutely crazy. Yes, very much so. All right, well, thank you very much. I'll certainly give this, these items to Kyle mm -hmm. next time I see him. Which, this has nothing to do with miniature wargaming, by the way. No, it doesn't. It's part of the show's history, really. Ta-ta. So with that, any last thoughts you want to say? Wait, let me turn this on. You got to record the last... I got to record... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got to vlog the last little bit. My week in eight minutes, by the way. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead. You can, you okay. can go. You can go. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna sit back and record you. Okay. So, you have any, so with that, I'm Jason. And I'm Ryan. Thanks for watching our Christmas episode of the Tabletop Battlefield, despite having almost no Christmas stuff in it. So, have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll see you guys sometime again on the next episode of the Tabletop Battlefield. Your face looks so calm. <laughs> I can't do facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, no, that is crazy. Sorry. Okay, sorry I suggested anything. Uh, you just crazy. do what you gotta do. Boosh! <laughs> Crash. Oh, that's terrible, huh? I'm gonna be scarred for life now. Alright, okay, so we got that stuff down.